You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Let's bring in uh, Greg Bedard to Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com after the Patriots. Wallop Cleveland today, 45-7. to Is the rookie quarterback the standout for you in this game, Greg? Absolutely. I thought Mac basically played a perfect game today. I think there were even a couple drops in there. And, you know, what stood out, and this is something that uh, I brought up on Felger and Mass, which uh, largely confused Felger um, and made his head, head explode, but uh, his, his difference between expected completion percentage and actual completion percentage, it had – for the first time all year, had it had gone into the negative range in the previous three games. What does he do after that? He answers with a plus 16.6, which is tops in the league right now, his season high by far. Mac completely rebounded this week, um, and that's that's a great sign for this team. Hey, Greg, can we talk about the offensive line, Trent Brown's return, and just the, the use of the misdirection today? I don't think the Browns saw it. And I think they struggle against big backs like they did against Pittsburgh a couple weeks back. Yeah, no question. The Patriots probably saw what the uh, Steelers were able to do a little bit with double teams up front and, and a bit of power. Uh, the Patriots used a lot of that. That was the Browns' aggressiveness or, like, lack of discipline up front, uh, was, which was, it was something that was glaring on film coming into this game. I figured that the Patriots would be able to take advantage of it. Um, you know, whether it's Clowney or Miles Garrett or even like Malik Jackson inside, those guys just – a lot of them just do their own thing, and that's not good against a team that is getting more and more disciplined uh, by the week. I thought the offensive line was really good. I didn't see Mac Jones under a whole lot of pressure in this game. It was a surprise, I think, to everybody that the Patriots – not only did Trent Brown play as much as he did, uh, but that the odd man out – the guy who went to the bench, most people figured it would either be uh, Isaiah Wynn or Ted Karras. And what do you know? It was Michael Wenu who went to the bench. They left Ted Karras at left guard. They, they basically said, Ted Karras is our best left guard right now over a Wenu. So we don't have a spot for you. And that was interesting, but it was effective. We'll have to watch the film to see if, if that held up. I think it did. And uh, it would be a surprise if they don't go that way moving forward. But you can never rule out that this was just a sort of a one-game tryout basis. Yeah, I mean, it did feel like that was a good mix. And, uh, you know, Joe brought it up earlier, too. Well, you know, if it doesn't work, maybe you go Brown at left tackle and then Owino back at right tackle? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that'll be an option. And, and I think this is something that they're going to they're gonna tinker with and look at just about every week, Jim. I don't think they're – they're not afraid to make changes up there on the fly 
and I, I think they'll just keep looking at it. Uh, I, based on what we saw all training camp and what we saw to start this season, and then Trent, of course, we're not in practice right now, so we don't know what's going on. Trent Brown moving to left tackle would be a big surprise because he didn't, I don't think he played a snap there in training camp. And it's, that's not easy, especially for a big fellow like him who he's on an age, you know, I know, you know, Tony and everybody wants Trent Brown at left tackle. Uh, there's been a lot of injuries and a lot of uh, football played since he played there for the Patriots. And look, they gave Isaiah Wynn a fifth year option for some reason. So as of right now, he's their left tackle. All right, Greg, I uh, want more of your thoughts on Mac Jones coming up here and uh, in the defense uh, as well. Toucher and Rich, morning 6 to 10 on the Sports Hub. And Joku slots right, a tight end covered by Duggar. Shotgun snap is back to Mayfield. He fires to the right, passes intercepted. It. Duggar has it. Down the left side, 30, to the 20, to the 15, 10, tight roping. Oh. It's stepping out of bounds at the Cleveland four-yard line. Nearly another pick six. But as it is, the Patriots are set up beautifully. Fantastic. Anticipation by Duggar, but it's boneheaded by the rock structure of Cleveland. They get two guys in the same spot. Mayfield gets it away where he's looking, and it gives the safety enough time to undercut this ball and set you up first and goal inside the 10. Interception there by Kyle Duggar and the Patriots 45-7 beat down to the Cleveland Browns at Gillette Stadium today. Avidia Bank and J.C. Jackson teamed up for Be a Champion for a Child to benefit the Boys and Girls Club of Metro West. New England defense forcing that one turnover today. So Avidia Bank donating $1,000 to help at-risk children. They have donated $17,000 so far this season. Avidia Bank, honest to goodness, member FDIC, member DIF. Again, Patriots winners 45-7 over Cleveland today, now 6-4 and four on the season. Jim Murray, Joe Murray, Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com. Going back to Mac Jones' uh, performance today and, uh, you know, the couple of touchdowns to Hunter Henry, the first one, too, which I thought was beautiful. Is this now, is Hunter Henry now becoming almost the the safety valve, the Ben Coates, the Julian Edelman type for Mac Jones over this, at least over this winning streak? Uh yeah, I mean, I would put him more in the Gronk category just because of the position and, you know, it's tough. I, You know, I, I don't think he's exactly looking for Hunter Henry on uh, every single third down. Um, certainly he does, you know, he, the first one he hit. I thought that that whole drive, those three third downs were huge. If the Patriots have to punt there down 7 nothing, or are held to a field goal, uh, the game might change. I thought, I think a big key in this whole winning streak this four game winning streak is that the Patriots have basically played every game on their terms that if they didn't grab the lead they were very close to the lead and and even I think it was Carolina they they had control of the game even though I think they were down a point for a while in the fourth quarter you felt like the game was theirs it was just a question of when they were going to take it um they haven't they haven't played from behind very often uh and that's what they need to do I, I think the Browns if Kevin Stefanski is ever smart, and uh, I don't know, it looks like he took a bunch of dumb pills going into this game, especially after the first drive to like, you know, go Baker centric after that. I, I totally did not understand that. Uh, but the the Browns, you see the difference in coaching and sort of the the football IQ of the two teams. Both of those teams, really, where they are right now, they're very similar in terms of how they're built and how they need to play to win games. Both teams need to – they're better with the lead 
They're better with the running game being the focal point of the offense and, and the passing offense coming off that. And I think the, you, you, the reason why the Patriots won the way they did is because they're, they're under no illusions. They know exactly who they are. They know that it's got to be the defense. It's got to be the running game. It's, you know, it will be a variety of things. They need timely plays out of the passing game, but they're not, they're not putting everything on Mac Jones where he has to win the game, where it looked like that's what Stefanski tried to do today with, with Baker Mayfield. And I think everybody except Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield knew that was a bad approach. And so, you know, you got to give the, the Patriots credit for knowing exactly who they are, their strengths and weaknesses and playing to that. Yeah. And just adding to that, I don't understand what Stefanski was doing uh, after Johnson ran all the way down the field. They score on the fourth mm-hmm. down, which I give them credit for. It was a very nice play after Njoku, literally lazy drop on that play before that. Yep. But then the Pats answer right away. Boom, on third downs, they convert, and all of a sudden they score. They went away from the running game. Like, mm-hmm. they literally ran it for six. That one player ran it for 60 yards. And I don't Four think for 60. Saw- <laughs> then they never touched it after that. I know he had like two more carries, I think, in the first half. I mean, it's just, it was mind-boggling the, the the approach that they they went with. And certainly the Patriots made a little bit of an adjustment. And, and a lot of this, you know, sometimes you wonder what these guys are thinking. Because I remember, you know, saying on my podcast, on I did a radio hit yesterday where I'm just like, look, the Patriots are going to try to stop the run. They're going to try to make ba- Baker Mayfield beat them. And trust me they don't think that he can and that's what happened and Stefanski just played into it like you have to anticipate what the Patriots are going to do and you got to figure out what you're going to do what how you're going to counter that and the the Browns just never did that and they just looked completely inept that's a really good offensive line that Cleveland has yep and so you know talk a bit about the defense and again Chris uh, you know Barmore the game that he had like what'd you make of the defense today for the Patriots because I thought they, they dominated a good old line yeah, I think I, you know, and I don't know if I was doing the math right because you know me and math doesn't really work well. But I thought I had them at one point, you know, after the first drive. I think through the third quarter, I had something like the the Browns for like twenty three yards on twenty one plays, and they were like zero for seven on third down. Uh, I thought I thought the the defense did an excellent job. I mean, I think they were just winning their battles up front. I do think after the first drive, I thought the Patriots sort of went a little bit read and react in the running game and they just decided to attack the line of scrimmage and they were like it, it we're not afraid of baker if he if he makes a play on us he makes a play on us but we're not we're not too worried about that and i thought they did a great job they basically pitched a shutout mac jones was basically perfect quarterback the defense basically pitched a shutout a perfect game after the opening drive the running game was tremendous so was the offensive line i mean it was very very impressive and and I sort of have been holding back and um, I I would certainly do it again over what they've done in the previous three games. I thought those were, you know, when you're talking about the Panthers, uh, you know, the, the jets, the, uh, the chargers, you're talking about teams that haven't sniffed the playoffs in years that have neophyte quarterbacks and or head coaches. They don't know what the hell they're doing. And so if the Patriots beat them, that's great. You know, do they have talent? Yes. But, you know, this was a Browns team that went 11 and five last year, won a playoff game and had Kansas city on the ropes, the AFC representative in the super bowl on their home field. So this was a real challenge. Yeah. They're a little bit different. Yes. They didn't have Nick Chubb, 
completely a factor. And I think that was a factor in why the Patriots were so aggressive in the run defense. If Chubb was out there, I think things would have been a little bit different. But for the Patriots to go out there and dominate them like they did after basically the first drive, I couldn't be more impressed. I, I can't remember maybe the season opener against the Steelers in 2019 when, when the Patriots have dressed down a supposedly good team like this. It was that good. So with that, and you know how people are going to be crowing, I'm sure, and they should. They should feel good about this team right now with this game specifically in the four-game winning streak. Have the Patriots put the rest of the league on notice? Where where are they in your pecking order? Can they go on a real run, Greg? Yeah, Jim, I you know, I try to avoid that because it's just it's just pointless, but I'll say this. I I now I am much more of a believer now in this team than I was before this game. And we'll from here on out we'll take it each week. I'm not I'm not looking at where they are in the landscape and who's playing well and who cuz you know, every week is different in the NFL. You know, you get stupid losses like the Bills to the Jaguars last week. Does anybody not think the Bills are better than the Jaguars? Are people really thinking like, "Oh, well, you know, because the Bills lost to the Jaguars, now the Patriots are the best team in the AFC East. Like, that might be true, but that that loss isn't going to tell us anything. And, you know, a team is never as good as their best victory, like perhaps the Patriots today, and they're not as bad as their worst loss, in my opinion. And there's a long ways to go in the season. I mean, Patriots still have, what, seven games left, and they have a bye. They have a Thursday night game. Uh, I would not relax going into that Thursday night game in, in Atlanta. I don't care what Atlanta did today. That's a tough chore for the Patriots against a, 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 an offense that can get clicking. I like where they are. I like their chances. Um, now it's a week-to-week proposition on, you know, just how good they are. But there's no question they are on the upswing as a team. And I think the big thing for me today was the passing game in Mac Jones. Because, you know, of course, I'm hearing about a little bit on Twitter, oh, rookie wall huh it was completely legitimate (laughs) that doesn't mean he's gonna stay in the rookie wall mac jones got challenged he knew he stunk the previous three weeks for him and he was pissed off and he went out there and he changed it and he was much better this week and good for him yeah it was a hell of a performance as the patriots dominate cleveland today 45 to 7 we have one more segment to go with uh, greg bedard of boston sports journal we'll get some of your calls with greg a couple open lines you want to join us 617-779-0985 More coming up here in the Safety Insurance. 98.5 The Sports Hub, Patriots Radio Network. Felger and Mass, afternoons on the Sports Hub. Stevenson, the rookie, the single back. Mac Jones again, audibleizing. He's got two receivers right, two left. Indicates hand signals down the line and hands to Stevenson. Runs through the middle for the cut right the 48. Cuts it back left across the 45. He stays on his feet as Hill collared him down from behind at the 40 of Cleveland. Great job by Mac Jones on the third play call. They show blitz backside. He stops it. Checks to something else. They back out of the blitz. He goes easy, easy. Double pumps the fist. They run power right. 16-yard pickup. The rookie's killing him right now. Yeah, good day for Ramondre Stevenson on the ground. 20 carries for 100 yards. The Patriots 45-7 blowout win over the Cleveland Browns today. Time for the New England Ford Dealers rushing update. Today's rushing update brought to you by your New England Ford Dealers celebrating their Get Holiday Ready sales event with limited time offers from Ford, America's best-selling brand. Hurry in for the best selection to your New England Ford dealers. So as a team, Patriots rushed for 184 yards today on 34 carries. A couple of touchdowns, those two touchdowns from Ramondre Stevenson. This is the Shaw's Patriots postgame show. Jim Murray, Joe Murray, final segment here with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal. Would you add uh, Ramondre Stevenson into, you know, the grouping of, you know, guys that look like, 
hits in this year's rookie class, Greg? Yeah, he's he's certainly impressive. I mean, when he's out there and available, he looks like a franchise running back. I mean, what, what he's going to do from here, what he's going to do next week, I don't know. Um, and I do, know, I do know that there were some concerns, you know, behind the scenes about him just, you know, doing the things the right way, the way they want things to – to be done and I think that's part of the reason why uh he was held out at times and and a healthy scratch and hopefully lessons learned and he's all good to go because you know when they have Harris and Stevenson both going you have a little bit of a you know thunder and lightning type of thing there and I think uh I think it's something to build off and and like we talked about in the earlier segment the Patriots have to play a certain way they can't be a one-dimensional offense they're not they're not talented enough uh, yet, especially with a neophyte quarterback, uh, to be able to play that way. They need to have good balance. They need to have good execution. And that's what they got today. Hey, Greg, uh, we were talking about this earlier, and one of the things we talked about every post game was the cohesion early on, right? The free agents that came in with some of the rookies. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones, Barmore, Stevenson, Owenu from a year uh, also – um, who else you got? Kyle Duggar is making plays now. Uche, um, even if we go back another draft class, Damian Harris, as you mentioned, Nikhil Harry's on the field, Jake Bailey's on the field. Are we starting to see the draft class now starting to make impacts with the veterans and the free agents that they've signed? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't really. Am I stretching I judge, a little bit there? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I just don't judge rookies, good or bad, and until they've been in the league for a few years, right. and you could tell one way or the other. I mean, look. Mac Jones, you know, had the best day of his career. Uh, so did Ramondre Stevenson. Christian Barmore is second on the team in quarterback pressures by far on this team entering this game. A little quieter today, but, you know, that's that's fine. It, tough interior offensive line. I'll be interested to watch the film uh, and see how he did against those guys. Uh, but there's no question that they're getting more contributions than they have in many years from rookies, and they're going to – they're probably going to need it. Uh, but, yeah, you know, the the young guys are doing well. Uh, they need to keep stacking success um, because for young players in this league, success can be fleeting. And and oftentimes I remember Mike McCarthy saying this, and, and uh, it's always held true. Uh, dealing with success is one of the biggest indicators in, in terms of being a success in the NFL, uh, you know, because a lot of guys, you know, uh, they want money. They, they, they hear things from their friends. It changes them. How, how you deal with success is, is a huge thing in a young player's career. And so some of these guys are just testing it now and you know, they're going to taste it now. They're going to taste it after the season. Uh, and we'll have to see how they go from there. Uh, all right. Can you pull up line two, uh, Jeremy? I just froze up here. Go to Ryan. Uh, who wants to talk about uh, the defense. Go ahead, Ryan. You're next here on the Sean's Patriots post game show. Hey, thanks for having me guys. Great show. Um, just a great day, uh, a nice game today. Uh, Murray, I stopped at Nova Farms, great spot. You got to check it out. Yeah. Um, great, great spot. It was a nice day of football. But I just wanted to hear your take on Judon. And uh, he seems like the engine on that defense, seems like an impact player, um, really like the momentum shift. Um, was wondering if any other Patriots remind you of him. And finally, I was wondering if, Joe, are you still in your feelings about Bergeron and Twitter? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great win yesterday. <laughs> Is Matthew Judon what makes that defense go up front, in your opinion, Greg? 
Yeah, I mean, I do have – they're going to have to keep developing other people. They can't keep relying on – I mean, I, I just – because I, I, I graded the whole roster uh, for my column today, so I was going through my stats through the first nine games of the season, and uh, basically it was – you know, I as far as my stats, I had Judon for about 35 quarterback pressures. I had Barmore for about 23. And then the next closest guy was nine. Like wow. – uh, I am a little bit worried about the the good, smart offensive coordinator, head coach that, you know, when it comes to a postseason matchup or something like that, they say, whatever we're doing, we are not going to let Matthew Judon beat us. Or we are going to take, Chris, uh, take care of Christian Barmore in third and long. And we're going to have a plan for these guys and we're going to eliminate them. Do the Patriots have enough pressure if those guys are shut down? I, I Those are the type of questions we'll be asking – the closer we get to the postseason, but I, I think it's legitimate. I mean, to this point, they've basically been a two-man band as far as quarterback pressure, and you keep waiting for the team that's going to uh, sh- to, to shut down Judon. We haven't seen it yet. It will come, and what does that mean for the rest of the defense? I mean, but so far, so good, for sure. Uh, Matt and Braintree, you're next here in the Shaw's Patriots postgame show here with Greg Bedard. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys. Uh, well, Greg, you're right. The first four games clearly don't matter. Um, I, I'm a Team Tom guy, and, you know, I really just wanted to see Belichick eat crap for a couple of years, and I just I just feel like the NFL is so awful. The coaches don't know what they're doing. These overhyped guys just, like, can't, pull, like, put it together and just, like, play a normal game, and they're just always throwing up over themselves. And, you know, Belichick isn't supposed to just – do this well this year with the rookie QB. And if you don't think the Patriots are going to be in the AFC championship with a bye week, you haven't been paying attention for 20 years. And it's just as a team Tom guy, I'm just not, I'm just, I'm not doing good right now. Yeah. Matt, it was a, it was a rough day for the team Tomers. Uh, I am, which I am, you know, and if you weren't paying attention, they lost to the lowly Washington football team today. And it's something you, so he, it said on the call screener there, Greg, the NFL is down. So the Patriots now have the second longest winning streak currently in the league. It's Tennessee at six, and then the Patriots at four. So, you know, and they're they're separating themselves from the bad team. So credit to coaching there and Belichick. But, you know, and Joe and I were talking about it off the air earlier. Do you feel like this extra game has kind of, like, made the league really topsy-turvy this year? Like, again, you go yeah. back to that Jacksonville game, the loss for the Bills. Like, there's games you just don't see coming. And maybe, like, I don't know, that one game feels like such a – like it's added so much more to to the to these teams and what they're thinking about. Like I, it just feels like it's a little crazier this year than normal. Yeah, I do, and I I think a lot of it has to do with you know all the COVID stuff that we went through last year, and just I I don't know. I just think it it, it put everything into sort of a spin cycle, and I think it does. I think it does favor. Uh, the the veteran coaches the veteran coaching staffs the guys who know what they're doing the brables the belichicks you know the sean paytons you know if he got any consistent quarterback play um you know not so much andy Reid, but you know the the league's gonna when you're on top the league's gonna catch up to you at some point in time i don't care who you are and that's what we've seen with the chiefs but i agree i think the 17 game schedule like it just it's lengthened things out. I think, I think teams are having a tough time figuring it out and, and the rhythm of some of these weeks and, 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 and things like that. But, um, you know, I like where the Patriots are. I'm still not gonna, I understand the fans are going to do this. They're sitting at home watching all the games. I'm not. So that's a good thing where I don't have to like look at the scoreboard all day long or fantasy teams. 
uh, you know, I'm just watching the game in front of me. And, you know, you just got to take each game by itself. Stop looking for meanings. And, and there's so much further to go. We haven't even gotten to Thanksgiving yet. Like now, for some reason, with this season, and remember we talked coming in, and my whole thing was about, like, wh- how much does the first month even mean? And yeah. there was a lot of chatter about how a lot of coaches were taking that even further to six to eight games that they were that they were going to uh, get their guys honed into play less, you know, one less preseason game, all that stuff. Uh, you know, I, I'm to the point where, like, I'm not really looking to see what teams are formidable to the last, like, three or four weeks of the season. Up until then, anything can happen in any week, and that's sort of been the theme of this year with the, with the NFL. I mean, look at the – I just looked up. Packers are three nothing at halftime with yeah. the Seahawks. I mean, is that a joke? No, it's crazy. <laughs> there, like, there's this is why I get credit to this coaching staff and how they've been building this over the last month. Because at least there's some continuity. The Titans have some continuity. You don't really see it throughout the league mm-hmm. this year at all. Look, Arizona's getting crushed today by Carolina and Cam Newton, who hasn't been on a football field since August. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Well, uh, I know you got to uh, you got to run to your kids' hockey game, Greg. Appreciate you taking the time. We'll talk to you uh, Tuesday on Felger and Maz. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Greg. Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com.